What's up, JFW family? Welcome back to the Channel 23 podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to reach out and touch the fleet, to engage and inform everyone with all things JFW. What's happening, guys? Morning, Jam. Morning, everybody. How's it going out there today, everybody? Good morning. Everybody have a good Thanksgiving? Yeah, it was awesome. Lots of food. Good food, too. I have to give kudos to Brother Dave. He was cooking. Oh, uh, yeah? Whoop. You throw down, BD? Prime rib and king crab legs. Oh, man. That's fancy. I like that. Well, my life hack is uh, I'll never do a Thanksgiving dinner again. I did a Thanksgiving brunch, and uh, everybody came. They ate, and they left. Everyone was gone by 1230. I'd love to see everybody, but... Man, to have the whole day with my family after that was was amazing. Sounds like a way to do it. I know <laughs> it we've is. done I know we've done brunches before, Jam, and it's, yeah. it is kind of nice to have the rest of the day. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that, Jam, because I think we started at three. We we ate at three thirty, and uh, it was great seeing everybody, all the grandkids and stuff. But they were hanging out, and it was like eight thirty at night, and I was ready to say good night. I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you were up later than you were on New Year's. <laughs> JR, poor guy, he said everybody left his house at 2.30 a.m. That's, wow. That's nuts. That's impressive. That's a party, not not Thanksgiving. Yeah. Right? That's New Year's for sure. Uh, going over episode seven, we now have 80 followers, so that's growing slowly but surely. Episode seven had 104 downloads, and our all-time download is 1327. That's great. Rob Bugler hit me up, said awesome podcast last week. I love that guy. He just bleeds JFW. He's all about the culture and, and everything we do, so it's good to hear from Ron. And then my daughter, Bella, she's only seven. We were listening to the podcast, and she stopped me in the middle, and she said, Dad, I've decided what I wanted to do when I get older. I was like, what's that? She's like, I want to work at JFW. So surely I thought it was because of our either amazing podcast or our award-winning culture. So I told her, you know, dad will be hard on you. And she says, I know, but I just want to hang out with you all day and give you kisses, even if it embarrasses you. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yep, that's family goals there. Have you ever noticed most of our drivers, if they call off, they call off on a Monday? It's because they have a weekend immune system. <laughs> Man, rolling right into the dad joke. Dad joke challenge. Not even warning anybody. Here we go. That's, that's my new style. All right, I'll follow you up, Jam, because this kind of has relates to you a little bit. It's a gun oh. joke. Oh, I, you know, I mean, I know you're a collector, right? I've kind of gotten into it a little bit lately and been collecting some stuff. And thing is, I only buy from one guy. His name's T Rex. He's only a small arms dealer. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. You'll see why I raised the eyebrow at the end of the podcast because you said T Rex. That's funny. What do you got, Jim? All right, so I tested a few jokes out this morning, and I was going to do a dirty dad joke, and everybody kind of agreed maybe I was pushing the limit. So I borrowed this from, was it Ray that you got this? Yeah, he gave, gave me, this me one? a couple this morning. So uh, shout out to Ray. Why don't they play poker in Africa? Because wow. of all the cheetahs. Oh. bam! <laughs> I knew that was coming. Well, I got to say, before Super Dave goes, I, I feel like he might actually be winning the dad joke challenge. His bubble 07 and the dog that says nothing. Those, it took me a while to listen to the podcast over, but those have me cracking up even later. It's we, funny. We had a few people puzzled by the dog said nothing. I'm like, uh, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to throw this one out to my buddy Stingray. 
What do you call a fish wearing a bow tie? Man. So fishticated. <laughs> <laughs> Man, he's coming hard again. Oh. You're actually good at this. I believe you've been a dad longer than anybody in this room, so... That's You're probably why down. he is, man. It's highly qualified. Yeah, not worthy here. We've got some good celebrations this week. Uh, G Hernandez, he had a birthday on the 28th. Happy birthday, G. Ron Bugler's birthday is tomorrow, and we got Andrew Fetner coming up on the 3rd. Happy birthday, guys. Happy birthday, everybody. Happy birthday. Anniversaries. We got a big anniversary for Mike Bortz in 0024. He is six years today. Well, uh, congratulations, Mike. Yeah, congratulations, Mike. Seems like yesterday you were just starting. And this one, I'm so happy for this guy, Ricky DeLeon. He has now moved to the day shift in the shop, so he just went from nights to days. Well, how long was he on the night shift for? Do you guys know? Quite some time, Jim. I don't know the years. dates. Yep, yep. My my daughter that's the nurse would call him a day walker now. He went from a night walker to a day walker. Uh, it was so funny when he came in this morning. He's like, wow, look at that sunrise. I'm like, yeah, you're not used to seeing that. Unless you were on your way home. And he's like, yeah, it doesn't look that good on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to start announcing uh, new drivers. Uh, this week we had Victor Dominguez, Tracy Holloway, and Jasmine Roney start. So welcome to JFW, everyone. Yeah, welcome, you guys. Welcome. You guys got some shout-outs this week? I wanted to throw one out to the Wash Bay. I think we've mentioned them before, and I know we've had really good weather. But, man, to not have any snow or anything yet, you guys... And the trucks are just looking fantastic for this late in the year. So thank you, Wash Bay. You guys are awesome. Yeah, I got to jump on that and agree. They, they look fantastic. Speaking of clean trucks, I got to give a shout out to Jesse. We all know his truck is clean, but now I know why. Yesterday at the fuel aisle, he showed me. He said, hey, look at this. I got this uh, ceramic spray I've been using on the, on the truck. And it was like an infomercial. He brought out a water bottle and wanted to show me how it beat it off and you know, it was kind of like, but wait, there's more. <laughs> if there was a camera out there, he could have been a spokesperson for this company. But keeps a good, clean truck. And, you know, he told me every time he leaves Fry, he stops in the tarpon area and wipes his hood off now with that ceramic spray. The Most of it just runs off, and then he just hits it with a rag. And, yeah. Wow. He leaves Fry looking like he just got out of the wash bay. That's awesome. Are you able to purchase that stuff for three simple installments of twenty nine ninety nine? I'm sure you could. <laughs> hey Jesse, you can't quit just to go sell that stuff if you're that kind of spokesperson. You can't do that, man. You got to stay here. Soup, you got any any shout outs? Uh, no, I mean I'd love to back up the guys on that wash bay. Um, working out in that bay, especially in the cold evenings, is is something else. You know, with all that water flying around, the trucks are coming in. They're cold. Um, they, they create this steam out there so they can't really see anything because the air is cold and the water is hot and they just do a great job. It's, it's a tough environment. You're a good guy to speak on it since you actually had your own truck washing company at one point. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, I did it for a long, long time. Washed just a little bit of history there, Jam. He washed all of our trucks for what? Two years, Dave? Oh God, no. Three? Way longer than that. Yeah, Yeah, because you were already driving. I yeah, mean, before yeah. what I'm getting at is before I, you drove here, yeah. you washed them. I did, yep. And then you washed them for a long time after you worked here, right? Yep, yep. And what, was that 12 trucks or? That, yeah, well, it was 10 or 12 when I started, and I think it was only about 28 or something when I gave it up. It just got too much. So you, you would go out and drive all day and then come back and wash the trucks? I would. Wow, I, I would. didn't know that. That's yep. pretty cool. And weekends. 
I did it that way so I wouldn't have to work like all day Sunday. Now I know why they call you Super Dave. He he would Not get it done. Really, but <laughs> we can tell that another time. <laughs> Ten four. All right, guys, let's get into the discussion. Um, we ask this when we interview new candidates, but what are you passionate about, or what do you like to do outside of work? Jam, you got to quit. I got to read these better, so I I'm I'm more prepared or something. Um, yeah, for myself, um, actually, Jam, you've got me into some other stuff like the shooting and different stuff like that, whether it's it's pistols or rifles or anything like that. So I've really enjoyed that. Uh, I've taken your class, so shout out to that. Very informative, made me feel safer and stuff with guns and, and things like that. And then other, it might sound corny again, but the family, because we work so many hours, anything I can do with the family, whether it's you know going to movie even doing yard work or something like that with holly i just enjoy being at home bd what do you got yeah like jim mentioned there on the family thing uh my wife and i's son he's uh 16 he's a junior in high school and uh he's a competitive swimmer so all of our time right now is devoted to to swim camps swim lessons swim meets all sorts of stuff so I mean, that's 100% our focus right now. That that consumes all of my time outside work. Yeah, I definitely knew that about you guys. Uh, I can remember when I first started in this position. Brother Dave, I asked you if you wanted to go do something. It might have been take a class or something like that. And you were like, well, just so you know, we're a package deal. Everything I do, my wife and kid does with me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I knew that about you right away. What about you, Super Dave? You know, I really, really enjoy uh, taking the RV out, going fifth wheeling, doing road trips and stuff with my wife. And, you know, we go and see a lot of uh, parts of the country, you know. Um, but I think if I was to just say right off the top of my head, I'm passionate about my golden retrievers. Yeah, that's awesome. Who doesn't love dogs? Well, <laughs> whoop. I know. <laughs> I know somebody. <laughs> I know one guy in this room that does not like dogs. I won't use the word hate, but there's a strong possibility it's it's more than a dislike. That's funny. But the dogs seem to love you, brother Dave. <laughs> they uh, love him a lot. <laughs> they, they love to work me over, man. <laughs> that's funny. We're actually uh, we're fixing to get a parrot in my house, so we've been getting prepped for that, and we're pretty excited. <clears throat> you know, they live for like forty years. The bird probably will outlive me, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, we're prepared for that. Hi, so I got a couple quotes written down here. The first one is, the only real leadership is servant leadership. Everything else is just a boss. And that's Dave Ramsey that said that. And then we capture that with the number three item on the creed. Together we joyfully create honest value for those we serve. So being a leader here at JFW, you're definitely a servant. A prime example of that is this morning. Came in. Next thing I know, Jim and Dave, they got garbage disposals in their hand. They're doing plumbing work. They're fixing up after the Comcast guy who left the mess in the, in the uh, I don't know if you call that a boiler room mechanical or room. the mechanical room. And they're just out there serving first thing this morning. Well, garbage disposal's fixed. Somebody's got to fix it. We got it, right? So... When we think about that, what does servant leadership mean to us as leaders, and what challenges do we face living this every day? I'm just going to back up a little bit, Jim, on the on the Dave Ramsey. If any of you guys get a chance to look at even just his quotes, he's he's a money guy. Um, he's also uh, pretty religious. A lot of his quotes have religion in it, but the religion also has to do with money and and how he looks at it and stuff. And so he's he's a good guy. You might. If you got time, pick up his books or at least read the quotes. 
on the leadership jam for myself, anybody can be a leader. You know, most of the time it's just jumping in and doing something and it, it looks like you're leading, but you're just trying to help or or looking and going, hey, what, what needs to be done next? You know, whether that's going to a, a job site here or you see somebody dumping or or anything. It's it's just not watching is, is my key to being a leader. I agree. Definitely getting out and doing things and leaning by example. The serving part, though, and Super Dave, I got to give you kudos. You started guiding me through the interview process and walking me through the creed. We tell people, if you come in with a broken shovel, you're a customer and we're going to serve you. You know, we're not going to give you a hard time about breaking the shovel or got a flat tire and you go to the, the shop foreman and say, I, I got a flat. He's going to treat you like a customer and serve you. But you always throw in the point that if this batch calls you at a quarter to four and gives you great news that we got a pit staying open late, we need you to go to get extra load. Same thing. You got to you got to treat this batch like a customer and and serve them. So, you know, the serving part of leadership is something that you really got to work on. But honestly, that's that's really something I learned here, how to serve people and you know, try to do it joyfully. You can't be selfish to be a leader. Soup, you got anything you want to add on there? I think Jim Jim nailed it. Uh, he said everybody can be a leader. And uh, you've heard me say this. Uh, it's called being an everyday leader. And that's just seeing a situation where you can help. And then you jump in and you help. Whether it's opening a door for somebody or, um, you know, just offering to lend a hand, I guess. It's very simple. And if everybody did that and they jumped in, man, oh man, would things get done? And would, would they get done in such a positive fashion? And that's what it's all about. Absolutely. Speaking of everyday leaders, we, we do notice that. I mean, there's guys in the fleet or girls in the fleet that we notice you're doing the job and you're doing it extra and you are a natural leader. You're an everyday leader. That doesn't go unnoticed. And when things come up for new halls or new positions, you know, your names do get brought up. And Jam also mentioned you guys, and I, and we've talked about jumping in there. And, you know, I, I mentioned being a leader by jumping in there and he is correct about the serving, but it's also the joyful part of that. You know, a lot of times when we ask guys to do something, it's, it gets done, but it's that grumbly voice or that's that attitude, or that's just, you know, you're like, Oh, he's pissed off. Oh, they're upset. And, if you can just get past that and do it joyfully, I mean, I have to mention one guy that just pops into my head, and I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of guys, so I don't want to, like, I'm, I'm singling him out, but Ryan Emerling, I mean, buddy, I, I've talked to you quite a bit, and when I ask things of you, you have a smile, and you, you seem to be joyful, and I, I appreciate that. So a little shout-out to Ryan when I've, when I've spoken with him. Absolutely. Ryan's money. He's definitely an everyday leader. I struggle with the joyful part sometimes. More when you serve people, they don't respond the way we would like them to. It's hard to go back and serve them again and be joyful about it. But, you know, as a leader, that's what we got to do. We can't change who we are because we're not getting responded to the way we want to. Well said, Jim. Yep, absolutely. Okay, moving on. Um, I know it's the end of the year. We've been having a couple meetings. You know, JFW, we're always trying to get better. We're always trying to improve our benefits package. We're not going to get into a lot of detail of what we're working on. But that brought up a lot of what's earned and what's given around here. Earned would be your percentage, you know, your percentage bumps. If you're not, if you don't have good attendance, you don't get your percentage bump, you know, at the end of the week. You got to earn that. Safety bonuses are earned. They're not given. 
Uh, things that are given are things like PTO. That's partially earned, but it is partially given. Six days are given, and the rest are earned, depending on your years of service. Uh, holiday pay, that sum's given to everybody once your benefits kick in. Your 401k match is given. You just got to decide what you want to put in. We're going to match it up to 2%. And then medical benefits, they're pretty much given to the driver. Obviously, family members are more of an out-of-pocket expense. But when we start looking at benefits that are earned versus given, how do you think earned affects production versus given does? Yeah, if I don't get off subject, Jim, on on what you ask, I I made a couple of notes on there. And you you are right, like the holiday pay is given. But it's back to what we were just talking about. It's given because you've served all this time and hopefully joyfully driving your truck, working hard, being here on time, and then it ends up being earned. But it, but it is there given. You know, same, same with the 401k. We're matching, but that's your hard, hard-earned money that, that we want to give you because, again, you, you earned it and you, and you worked hard, you know. So, yeah, I, I guess that hopefully those are the – those are the presents, again, for your, your hard-earned work. Yeah, I want to reach out and just, I continually talk to drivers or employees and push that 401k because that is free money. And I, I use that word all the time, free money. We match what you guys put in up to 2%. And, you know, for the, for the average employee, that's between 1000 and $1,500. We just had a meeting with a driver that's been here almost two years a couple weeks ago, and he hasn't been part of the 401k. And I looked at him and I said, hey, do you want 1500 bucks cash for free right now? And he goes, well, yeah, I want 1500 bucks for free. <laughs> I said, well, how come you haven't wanted it for the last year and a half or almost two years? You know, we, we donate to that. That's free money. And it, it, you know, finally struck the guy like, wow, I, I better sign up. I didn't really realize that, that that's free money. The reason we started the 401k was due to the fact we need people looking at their end goal. And when I say that, where they're going to be when they need to retire at age 65 or 70. I mean, they're, they're pushing to 72 now, stuff like that. To retire, you have to start saving when you started your first job now. And if you just take what a 25-year-old starting here, if he put money in and we matched it for the next 25 or 30 years, they would have over a million and a half or $2 million in their 401k account. And it's Half of that was donated by JFW as free money. Yeah, I wish I started 20 years ago. You know, just speaking on the 401k, unless you're a really good saver, the 401k is an excellent way to put money away because you're not going to miss the 25 or 30 bucks a week that comes out of your check. But, you know, a few years go by and you look in that account, you'd be surprised how much is in there. Yeah. Everybody is so focused on today, right now, this week, I got to make my payment whatever the case may be, and they're living in the moment and not looking at the end goal. Our goal is the end goal. What's your end game? Sure, you got to focus on the game today and how you're going to play, but, man, you got to look how you're going to get to that end goal and, and what, what are you going to be left with? You know, if you're not saving now, when will you start saving? If you're not saving in a year from now, when will you start saving? What, how are you going to retire? You know, we'll all be lucky if Social Security is around when we all retire. Yeah, absolutely, Dave, and not you know, stay on the soapbox here, but it's just like when you guys pick out Aflac and some other insurances and stuff, and you're buying that because it's what if, you know, it's a security blanket. Well, just like Dave's saying, look at that as your future, you know, what if, and that's what if's going to happen in the future. And now you got a savings account. And then, you know, Jam just said about the savings account, 
you know that money earns money too why it's in there. You know, it might be 2%, it might be 4%, it might have a good year and be 8%, but you're earning money if you've invested it on the 401k. So it is truly a win-win, you guys. Absolutely. But getting back to the original question, I love what we're talking about, but why do we have earned benefits versus given? Why don't we just give everybody everything? To me, it's how you feel about what you've earned, Jam. I know when I want something, I go work for it. And it feels good when I've saved up X amount of money to go buy a small arms gun from my buddy T-Rex. <laughs> Dope. Had to throw that back out there to get some more points. No, in all seriousness, I mean, you know, this sounds like a crazy question, but would you feel better about buying a car because you saved up money for a down payment and then you knew you were able to afford the payments and you went out and bought it and you stood there and said, oh man, I, I bought this car with my own money and it's my first new car and yada, 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 or I don't know, your dad gave you the money and gave you a brand new car. You just got a brand new car for free. You didn't have to work for it. Who cares? Right? I mean, wouldn't you take better care of it if you worked for it? Wouldn't you be more proud of it if you worked for it? I I just think there's an earned versus given uh, philosophy in life. You know, my my son, he's trying to get a scholarship for swimming. He's not going to get one unless he works for it. Right. You know, he's learned hands down. Nobody's going to send me to college unless I work my ass off for it. And I, I guess I'm pretty proud of him as a 16-year-old to go, wow, I, I, nobody's going to hand me this. I got to go get it. I got to get it in my grades. I got to get it in my, in my education. I got to get it in the pool, the whole nine yards, you know? So it's, I don't know. I think that's kind of a life philosophy. There's definitely certain people are more driven than others. And we could pull two drivers out of the fleet. One of them goes, you know, they're on the exact same run. They start at the exact same time. One of them gets seven loads and one of them gets five loads in their, you know, time given through the day. Why should the guy that got five loads get paid the same as the guy that went out and gets seven loads? You know, they may both be giving their very best. It's highly unlikely if the guy's two loads short that he gave his very best. But I like the earned on the percentage for sure because people, their outputs are different. You know, they shouldn't get the same input if they're outputting, you know, at a higher level. Absolutely. It, it separates people, Jim. You know, it, it does that a little bit. You go back to the, the way it is now. If you, if you lose at the football game and you're with the winner at the football game, you both get trophies. And, right. you know, maybe, maybe we don't believe in that or not, that's not the way it really works. Participation awards, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Trophies for everyone. Yep. That teaches kids well. but some of the benefits we do are for everybody some of the stuff is just standard but i think even you know you look at the safety bonuses every safety bonus is their amount is different depending on the production of that individual for the year or the quarter so i like to say you eat what you kill around here exactly jam and and it's still back to the we give that stuff and i know maybe it doesn't look given and i know we've just kind of went over that but it is because everybody works hard here also, and we're trying to make it a better place to work. We don't want this just to be a job. We want it to be a career for people. And we run into people all the time that sometimes this job's so easy, or you get you get bored driving and things like that. And through my experience or our experience, that's because you are so good at your job that it becomes easy, and it seems like you're bored when you're just that good. And we want you to continue doing that job. And so we want to reward you with these benefits, trying to make it a full package. So it's, it's a career, not a job. 
That makes me think of Seabass. Seabass says this is the easiest job he's ever had, and he does a great job out of it. He, he makes does. It, he makes it look easy. He comes in at the end of the day, and he's refreshed and happy and seems like he has a lot of energy left. And Yeah. yeah. He's awesome. Uniform's perfect. Looks like he hasn't done a thing all day long. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Years ago, Jim, Grandpa used to talk. And, you know, he, you know, back in those days, you know, had old gas engines and tandems and things like that. And, you know, the the one guy, he'd get his new diesel truck. And, you know, he might be, oh, half an hour ahead of my grandfather. and, And he goes, ah, look at what I did today. You know, drove fast, got this done. That truck goes so fast. And, Grandpa would look at him and goes, yeah, I'm half an hour behind you, but I made the same money as you did and same, did the same job, and I feel great. You're wore out from pushing that truck all day. So Grandpa used to call it Cadillacking. We talked about that before, just about speed and following distance and, you know, the toll it takes on your body. You know, hard charging, you're going to feel like you're hard charged all day, you know. Yep. Cadillacking, I love that. Yep, Cadillacking. You're going to get to, you know, potentially do the same job and, and feel good about it. Yeah, hard charging is exhausting. Yeah, it is. It is white knuckled, eyes peeled all day long. It's exhausting when you kick back in Cadillac in the slow lane, get the same amount of loads, just like Jim said, like Grandpa used to say. So I got in 30 minutes after you today. I hauled the same amount of loads and I got plenty of energy to go home and do what I want to do tonight. If that guy beat him by 30 minutes, why is he still in the yard talking to your grandpa? <laughs> maybe maybe he didn't get done as quick as he said. I'm hoping he's post and pre-tripping oh, or doing oh, yeah. something like bumping the tires, you know. Oh, that thing. <laughs> yeah, that thing. Soupy. That's what it takes to be successful. Right. Soup, you got anything on all that? Yeah. It's an age-old concept, quality versus quantity. If you are only looking out for quantity, are you sacrificing quality? I think everybody might want to look at that a little bit closer and and think about the quality over the quantity. Anybody that's only, and I can think of guys over the years that I've watched, they, they don't clean their tailgate off, they don't sweep out, or they complain about having to shovel at, you know, at a point because it takes too much time. Well, that's sacrificing quality. You, you got to do your job the best that you can. You know, that's creating honest value. And uh, I think a lot of people overlook the quality of what they do. Agreed, Agreed. Dave. Yep. Yeah, good point. Jim, you mentioned we're trying to be a better company. And Super Dave, you just talked about giving your very best. How do we become the very best and dumb company? I mean, I feel like we are already, but how do we become even better? Dave, you said it the other day, we want the best trucks, the best drivers, the best pay. You know, how do, how do we take it to the next level? Again, Jam, staying vigilant on, on what our goals are. It's all in the creed. It's how you live your life, whether it's personal or here at work. And it's jumping in there, getting it done, being joyful. You, you can name all those things. And, and I, I just picked up when Dave mentioned about, you know, wiping off your tailgate. I get so many guys that we catch doing that, and he's like, or they are like, oh, I forgot, you know, or I was in a hurry. And then you're, you're back to your, your quantity versus quality or, you, you know, you forgot. Set up a set up a routine. Take pride in yourself. Take take pride in your family. It's it's those things also that that just make us better every day. Yeah, agreed. I, I mean, <laughs> you just open the door, Jam, and we can just like kneel in on all sorts of things, man. Let's do that it. Cleaning off the tailgate. <laughs> It blows my mind when a truck comes to the yard and I see it, the tailgate hasn't been cleaned. Mm. I am dumbfounded. I mean, I just ran into that Monday morning 
we honestly had a trainer show up, hadn't cleaned his tailgate, and I'm like, do you have a brush? Yeah, I got a brush. Okay, do you have it in the truck? Do you have it with you? Is it, <laughs> is it, at is it good? <laughs> is it broken? Oh, no, it's right here. And I'm like, okay, let's clean off the back of the tailgate. Huh. You know, and I'm, I'm dumbfounded by that because my thought is, what am I doing when I'm watching the trailer come down in the saddle, waiting for that trailer to come down? Well, I'm out cleaning off the tailgate because I can't do anything other than watch that trailer come down. So I hit the down position, set my brakes, get out, clean the gate. Gate's closed, pop the latch, get in my truck and go. And I, I have lost no time. Right. I don't need to wait for the trailer to come down and then pull forward and then get out and then clean the gate and do all this other stuff. Like Jim said, make a routine. These are the simplest, easiest things to do and... Every other company, I mean, I have pictures on my phone of other companies that like they're hauling sand or road base or, you know, something that's really sticky. And we've tried really hard to design our tailgates so no material lays on it. It's a it's a horizontal surface. I'm sorry, a vertical surface. And there's just a little bitty lip where the mud flaps bolt on the material can stick to, you know, and it. I guess I just... I don't want to be that guy. I mean, when I drive and I see a truck that's going down the road that has all that crap on the back, I don't want to be that driver. You know, and that's, I guess, you know, you can take all the stuff we've talked about here. Like, are you looking at the short game or are you looking at the long game? A guy who doesn't clean off his tailgate, he's not looking at the long game. He's not. And he's not going to be successful. And he's probably not going to be well thought of in time. That's just my two cents worth. If he's shortcutting that... He's the guy that the air hoses are dragging the deck plate. He's the guy that turns too sharp and breaks the air hoses. He's the guy that contaminates the rock with the sand because he didn't clean out his trailer. I mean, we just run into that. And, I, you know, I don't want to be Debbie Downer. That's what I say, Jim. You just opened the floodgates of issues we have on a daily basis that should be back to basics with training. We should never have that problem. We should never contaminate sand and rock because the trailer should always be clean. We should never see a trailer that doesn't have the tailgate cleaned. I mean, these are these are things we teach, but it's up to that person to be better and do them in a nutshell. I agree, and I'd like to see a change in the quality in a small minority of drivers that don't give their very best every day and don't do the job the proper way. But as a company, as we grow and we get better and get better benefits, does that help us get that quality driver in here who's going to do those things? Are we ever able to eventually pull the weeds and just have the most outstanding drivers in Colorado? Well, we damn sure have to keep trying. And that's what Jim and I and Super Dave and yourself, everybody we've brought on board on the management team, we're here every day and we try as hard as we can every day. And I think what what we're trying to do, Jim, is we're trying to show we care. Right. So maybe that'll, that'll bring the person in that goes, wow, they care, so I want to care, or this is a place I can care about. Because like Dave mentioned on the on the tailgate, think of others also, you guys. What about that rock that hits the motorcycle guy or breaks somebody's windshield? Or, you know, even when Dave said you, you turn too sharp and you break the airlines, well, that's not bringing value to the mechanics. That's not a repair that needs to be done. They, they have enough maintenance to do. There, there's a lot of things that, you know, it, it affects others, and that's maybe what you need to think about. If you're, if you're not thinking about it for yourself, think about the others that it affects. Is that honest value for those we serve? <laughs> <laughs> right. 
You mentioned Dave Ramsey quotes, Jim. Another great Dave Ramsey quote is, business is easy until people get involved, right? So I just dream about not having the people problems. What could we do with the business? If we weren't fighting guys not showing up or guys consistently being late or dragging their feet or time managing, not going to get the last load. If we didn't have to fight all that stuff, what could we do with our energy and our resources to make the company better? Oh, wow. Sky's the limit. Yeah, jamming it again. You know, Dave said it, you said it. It sounds like we're here complaining on our podcast, guys. But, you know, when we all have to go after that last load, and I say we because most of the time me and Dave are here waiting on trucks to get in. So is Jam and Super Dave and Scooby and Dispatch. We're all in it together. And, and I know you guys are out there fighting the traffic, you know, and the mechanics are waiting to get started on your trucks and all that stuff. But, you know, if you're not hiding out, maybe that's one less load that we have to go get so late just just to give you a point or just to, or, or to point fingers. You know, quit hiding out. It's, it's coming out of your paycheck and our paycheck because you get paid percentage. Go get the load. Yeah, I don't feel like we're complaining. Just when I sat down to do the outline and just thinking about things that we face this week, because typically when I write the outlines, I just write it about what's going on, you know, or what's a hot topic or, you know, what, what, what do we got going on really? And we, we got some people problems this week. So I just figured we could do an outline and just kind of from the leadership perspective of what we're dealing with. I love your quote. You say it all the time, Jim. People are messy. <laughs> we is messy people yes <laughs> me too for sure us as well <laughs> yeah and if you're talking about things that are going on and unless i take dave's thunder because he probably got it in his notes but um we wrecked two trailers this week you guys um and we backed them into the concrete bends uh both of them at plant 12 and truly an accident okay but it's an accident that can be avoided and, yeah, it's a preventable accident. Yeah, it's a preventable accident. And, you know, I don't know if that's not taking the time to pull forward and go, and, hey, I, I'm, I'm lined up between the bends. I can't see out the one mirror. You know, we talk about it all the time. And I know the one trailer number yesterday or the day before, it was a brand new trailer, you guys. We just spent $50,000 on a trailer. $60,000 $60, on a trailer. And... We five thousand, ten thousand dollars worth of damage. I I don't know. We crushed the whole corner of the trailer in, and I'm not. This isn't about the driver because we hit scales, we hit bends, we hit the fenders. Everybody is guilty of stuff. And man, also you guys, if we could stop that stuff, we can we can pass a lot of programs along to you. We can we can give you more stuff like we're talking about. Yeah, totally. And <clears throat> it was just two trailers this week. A new, a brand new one and an old one. In the last 30 days, it's been two brand new ones and an old one. Mike Bortz, a shout out to you, buddy. You coined the phrase or it got passed on from you from what I heard is pulling forward is free, backing into something is expensive. You know, and keep in mind with this damage on the trailers, you're not going to earn your safety bonus. You know, there's two to 400 bucks for the quarter that you just gave up because you didn't want to pull forward or you weren't focused or you weren't paying attention as a driver where you were backing up. And those are the incentives. That's the long game we're talking about. You know, slowing down, taking a little better look at things, knowing what angle you're at. This equipment has four corners on it. You got a right front, right rear, left front, left rear. If you don't know where those corners are and you can't see them, stop. That's the easiest way to do it. 
pull forward so you can see the corners or what you're up against. You can't move without looking at all four corners. You pull forward, you look at four corners. You back up, you look at four corners. You guys have to fit that rectangle into everything and everywhere we go, whether it's on a scale or backing in a bin. I mean, honestly, we should never hit a bin. The truck didn't drive itself into the bin. Whoever was behind the wheel backed into the bin. Hey, and that, that safety bonus, Dave, is that like the 401k? So if you just show up, you just do your job, you don't hit nothing, you don't speed, you don't get tickets, isn't that free money? Free money. Because you just did your job. <laughs> it's significant, too. I mean, it's, it's two grand a year for some of these guys. We're, uh, we're definitely dipping our toes into the safety topic of the week. And <laughs> you opened the box, Cam. I know. I get it. I just <laughs> want to. it's Pandora's uh, box. Before we go all the way in there, and I'm down to go in there, I just kind of want to hear from Super Dave about, you know, what he thinks about how we become the very best before we get too far into the safety topic. Yeah, thanks, Jim. I, I think it goes back to the team. Um, when you look at a team that's going to the Super Bowl, what's their focus? Winning. Winning the game, winning that Super Bowl. Every teammate is focused on the same thing. So when you put a team together, you want to try to direct their focus on the same thing, and that's doing their best, getting the job done, catching the ball, throwing the ball, running the ball. In our case, it's dumping in the right spot. It's not hitting bins. It's sweeping your tailgate off so you don't break windshields. But Ultimately, it's putting that team together that has the same focus, and that's being their best. Yeah, Super Dave, I, I got to ask that that team atmosphere, that that Super Bowl, is that everybody doing it together, though, Dave? I mean, doing it the same, doing their jobs, you know, and, and being on the same page? Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, sure, you might be blocking for the quarterback or you're you're running a pass route. But you listen to these players in the, in the interviews at the end of the game, and they say, well, we did it. We did it together. Or we didn't play well today, and we can do better. So it is that focus on doing it together. Certainly, Dave. And it, it kind of brings me, it, it makes me think we had a late start today, you guys, because all the plants are full. Because it is December, you guys, even though we haven't had any uh, snow and stuff, things do slow up a little bit. Um, 39 is shut down, and we ask everybody as a team not to leave here early. Six o'clock start. That's so the mixers could get some material out. They could get batched. They could get all that because I'm sure there, there's some guy going, well, just cut me off early. Well, there's no room for your material at the plant. So together as a team, we start at 6 o'clock, and we start trucking. Sure, there's a little more traffic. Sure, there's a couple other problems. But together, and we do that as a team. And you know what? We had a lot of teammates that just went out and left this morning without listening to the bamboo, without being part of the team, without going out and trying to win the Super Bowl today. And we don't do it to punish you guys. We go out to, we do it to win the Super Bowl, to row the boat in the same direction, you guys. Yeah, this reminds me of another quote. Don't know who it's by, but the hardest part of doing good is you have to do it every day. So, you know, to come in and give your very best today and then not do it tomorrow, it, it's not effective. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Something just to throw out there on the later start, too, just so everyone's aware of it. We're two and a half, three weeks from the darkest day of the year. You can't pour concrete and place it at 5 o'clock in the morning right now this time of year. Yeah, we have the warm weather to do it, but it's pitch dark out at 5 a.m. There's no sunrise. 
So the soonest they're putting mud on the ground is probably 7.30 at the earliest. They might be batching it a little earlier than that, but we're two hours behind in production every day just because of daylight hours. So we have to December, I don't know, 20th, 22nd. I haven't looked when the solstice is this year, but it's usually around the 20th of December. And from there on, it'll start getting lighter from that moment on every day. Getting back into the safety topic of the week. Uh, this week I wrote down the number three item of the creed, or number two item, right, Dave? Number two? Number two. <laughs> <laughs> Had to check with the boss real quick. The number two item of the creed is together we're accident-free. And the one thing I think we're missing about this is the together part, right? You know, a lot of guys in the oil field, it's, it's first move forward unless you have a spotter. In our business, we can't really do that. And, you know, the backing accidents are always 100% preventable. We're not using spotters, but I got to ask why not? You know, we watched a video of yesterday's accident. You know, the trainee backed into the wall, you know, and the trainer, he was giving them directions, but from inside the cab. You know, why not get out and just, even if you don't even need to say anything to that driver, you don't have to tell them how to, how to, how to turn, how to back up, but just to be out there, if they're going to hit something, to tell them to stop, I think would be super, super effective. If you're walking through the red lot or you're walking through the yard and you see one of your co-drivers backing up, could be an experienced driver, just wait a second. Make sure he's got it. Make sure, you know, he's not going to hit something on his blind side. So I think using spotters could be one way we're more effective of, of being accident-free. And I, I got to throw something out there, too. You know, if you're the guy that's doing the maneuver, you're in the truck, you need to put your ego aside. And so often out there, you'll get an attitude from somebody saying, hey, leave me alone. You drive your truck, I'll drive mine. It's all in the spirit of being helpful and working together. It's not a hack. It's not a cut. It's, it's to help everybody out. And, you know, there could be that one time that you do misjudge your distance, and uh, that spotter is going to save, save a crash. Yeah, that's why I love Bortz's comment. Pulling forward is free, and backing up is backing into something is expensive. Yeah. Yeah, and you're right, Super Dave, about the ego. I mean, lots of times I'll roll down the window or step out or make sure the, the spotter or some guy that walks up is helping me, and I'll just ask the question, am I clear on that side? You know, and I can be a big shot and go, yeah, I know I'm clear on that side, Super Dave, you know what I mean? I, I yeah. know that, I'm backing in there. But to involve that guy and him go, yeah, you're good. Yep. It's just a guarantee. You're just good to go. And then you can back up, and the guy helped, and you helped, and it's, it's a win. Yep. And then the thank you afterwards, it's, uh, you know, like a fist bump. It's yep. a team team deal. <laughs> right? Yeah. Somebody tells me to stop, I don't care if they even call me an idiot. If they prevent me from having an accident, I'm good with that. I guess the only caveat to using a spotter, one is it'd be nice to trust your spotter. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> but you got to remember, and I said it last week, you got to be the captain of your ship because – I've been backing up and somebody's just giving me the wave, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it doesn't seem like they're really paying attention. And in my gut, it doesn't feel good, you know? And if it doesn't feel good in your stomach, you got to stop. And I've had spotters and I've gotten out and looked and they're like, what are you doing? I'm, I'm standing here. I told you you're good. I'm like, you know, something just didn't feel right for me. I wanted to see it with my own eyes. I appreciate you being here though. Yeah, totally, Jim. I mean, you bring up such a good point. You can't use a spotter probably from a job site that he's standing back there and you're only looking at him in your driver's mirror at the rear of the trailer and he tells you to keep coming back and you need to move or the maneuver the front of the truck to the right and you back into the sprinkler pit or a fence or 
drive over a post that's there when you're backing through a gate or something like that just because you're looking at the guy back there saying, come on back. All he's looking at is where he wants the pile of material, right? Right. I could say that any one of you guys in this room, if you're telling me to come on, I'm, I'm coming on back. You know? <laughs> well, that's a lot of pressure, Jim. <laughs> yeah, and a good spotter doesn't just stand still exactly. in one spot. Right. He's spotting. He looks at both sides, not just yep. the rear, not just the corner he's on. He's walking from side to side, making sure you're clear at the front of the tractor as well. And also where you could see him in your mirror, yep. right? So that's one thing that. I try to do is yeah. if I'm spotting somebody, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at their blind side. I'm not so much going to the side side, Dave, but you bring up a really good point about doing that. I'm making sure I'm in their blind side and that they can see me, and I'm just kind of nodding at them. I'm not telling them which way to turn or anything like that. I'm just telling them when to stop. Yeah, yeah, good point, Jim. You know, that brings up a safety thing that we added on the last 65 trucks. The minute you put the truck in reverse, the radios go off mm -hmm. or the volume goes silent, you know, when, the, when you put it in reverse. We've asked for a feature that rolls down the window as well, <laughs> and the factory hasn't been able to put it together for us, but that's a big thing for us. You know, I mean, roll down that window and listen. Yeah. I don't care if it's cold out. you got a heater in the truck. If it's hot out, you got an air conditioner in the truck. Use it. I just ran into that with my son this weekend. I was backing him up to a, a loading dock in his pickup, and I've taught him before. You know, I've got him, you know, luckily he's, he's lucky enough he can park in a garage. He rolls down the windows. I've taught him, roll down the windows when you back in the garage. What if mom walks out and you don't see him or something like that? You know, you got to have those windows down so somebody can yell, Man, roll down that window when you back up. It drives me crazy. He got backed up to the dock there, and I walked up, and I'm like, did you hear what I said? And he goes, what? I said, exactly. Roll down your window. <laughs> Dave, Dave did take his safety bonus, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's pissed. <laughs> That's funny. Did I take it, or did he not earn it? Ooh. He did not earn it. Look at you go, Dave. That's great. Hey, not, not to back up because we're still kind of on that safety topic and together we are accident free and you spotters and everything we've talked about. The one gentleman that did back into the bin, uh, I believe it was Joe, uh, I guess if you're listening to this, Joe, he did give notice and quit you guys on his own accord and he just said he couldn't do it anymore or it wasn't for him. And, and Do I have that right, you guys? Yeah, I wouldn't say he gave notice. He basically didn't show up to work the next day and then came in at like 10 a.m. with a letter of resignation. So, But he was upset over doing hitting he, the wall. I mean, He was it, upset, yeah. Yeah, it, ru it ruined his day. And, and we don't want you guys to give up or, or be that upset, but you can practice in the yard at the end of the day. You can practice, you know, in the beginning. You can ask us for tips. You know, you can, again... Before you before you wreck something or crash something where you feel so bad that you want to quit your job, again stop and look at those four corners. So I just I wanted to just mention that Joe, if we failed you, you know we we own that too. Um, I'm glad you recognize that maybe this wasn't for you, but it, any of you guys listening right now, if we can help in any way, you gotta you gotta communicate and let us know. We want to help. That's a great point, Jim, because there are other people struggling with backing, and I don't recall anybody coming up to anybody after work saying, hey, can I get some backing, backing practice? We got cones. We could set up a course. You know, we talk about um, the one driver who had a few accidents, and you guys had a backup from the shop door to, like, 0057 spot in the red lot. That's, that's a serious backing course. But, you know, if you do it with a trainer or a spotter or one of our safety directors, you know, that would be a great way to improve your backing skills. 
I tell you what, when you that little backing comment you just said, I mean, I was waiting for everybody to stop talking, but yeah, if you take and pull up to the middle or the North Bay door here at the the main shop, and you back from that spot all the way around to where 0052 parks, you learn how to back up. And sorry, Jam, to interrupt oh, you. No, and if you do it during the middle of the afternoon when trucks are coming in, so you got the pressure of the trucks pushing you, you learn how to work under pressure and deal with things and damn you when you start navigating that you get good at it and you learn how to back up you learn where the trailer moves you learn where it goes i mean i would love to see that personally that reminds me of when uh kendrick was here we uh just had that straight backing course and there was money involved i don't know if you or brother jim want to put up some cash but maybe we could have a, a backing challenge whoever could do that well, if you do it without hitting anything, you get high five. <laughs> <laughs> and you keep your safety bonus. Let me right. throw that out. Free money. And then maybe we could do some, you know, if you do it with just two pull-ups, X amount of dollars. If you do it with no pull-ups, X amount of dollars. And I don't know. I think that might be, I don't know. Might we be could, cool. We'll, we'll see. If anybody comes and bugs you, you, you come get us, and we'll, we'll see. And that's from the Bay Doors to 0052. I love it. If you can do I'll, I'll throw it out here. If you can do that with no pull-ups... To me, you were in 250 bucks. Oh, man. Damn. So hey, that's no, where Sam's safety bonus went. No, <laughs> no, no pull-ups. No could, pull could we do it on like a Tuesday or Wednesday? Because I can't back up worth a heck on a Monday or a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Uh, that's a great challenge, guys. You heard it from Brother Dave. 250 bucks. If you could back up from the center bay door to 0052 spot with no pull-ups, I expect we're going to see some guys from the West Yard coming over here <laughs> trying to prove themselves. Troy Hunt, I'm going to call you out. We expect to see you over here, buddy. Hey, Troy, do me a favor. Don't come over. I've seen you go forward. Oh, <laughs> man. Uh, I'm sorry, Troy. <laughs> I, had to, I had to hit you with that one. We love you, though, Troy. <laughs> oh, man. A couple other things I'm thinking about. Uh, we used to have a uh, written and practical exam. When new drivers were done with training, before we sent them out on their own, the safety directors would be uh, would give them a written and practical exam. What do you guys think about putting that back into play? I think we need to do that, and I think that's part of what we miss. Also, I mean, it's not like it's a written or a practical exam on this on the safety meetings, the drivers' meetings we were having jam, but we all we picked a a, a subject and like we had a truck inside or we had a demonstration, and for myself. I learn better seeing it, you know, and, and doing it instead of just like reading it. Maybe, maybe my understanding is not there about stuff. So, you know, that, that practical exam, cause you're, you're doing it, you're practicing. That's the right. beginning part of that word. So yeah, I, I'm all for it. Or at least, at least a backup test. Yeah. I think would be good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think every new driver here after two weeks of training, they should just go through a written or a practical. Yeah. I mean, Kendrick was, was doing it there for a while and we got behind and shorthanded and, you know, as yeah. usual, we moved on to the next biggest fires. And, you know, maybe we could prevent some fires if we were in front of them, wet in the ground before it caught on fire, right? I mean, it's all in place. The test is written out. The practical is there. We just got to uh, – I'll get with JR and Scooby today, and let's just get it rolling. Yeah. See, that decision's being made at the podcast. Bam. Boom. And then uh, Dustin Romero, he's been pushing these toolbox meetings. That's something we haven't done here uh, we did get a sample toolbox meeting sent out to everybody. It looks pretty cool. I think that might be a good thing to try, 15 to 20 minutes, breaking up into smaller groups, you know, just tackling the subjects that, that we're faced with every day. Brother Dave, you brought up an excellent point. 
You know, we could have meetings upon meetings. There's actually a book out there called Death by a Meeting. I'm thinking about reading. But if we're not following up and, and actually implementing the stuff and making sure people are doing it the right way, all the meetings in the world are pointless. But uh, this is something we should probably look at a little bit more, the old toolbox meetings. Yeah, and, and I, I know we joke about it or been joking about a meeting upon a meeting, but sometimes that meeting wets the ground, just like Dave said. You right. know, there's a, there's a tidbit. So, you know, uh, kudos to Dustin for bringing up the toolbox meetings, kind of pushing uh, to have that done. They would be... In my mind or in my head, I got them as a as a mini safety meeting. Absolutely. And uh, maybe we'd reach more people. And, and like Jam said, we're we're going to try a few of them and, and yeah. see if it helps and see if people enjoy. Because you you have to do something to be better, right? Right. If you're not trying something new, then then what are we doing? You don't know if it's not going to work unless you try it. So Absolutely. or if it will work either way. Yeah, trying and failing is better than not doing a damn thing. Which is. I believe a Dame, Dave Ramsey quote someplace like that without trying. And there, he's, I, I got one to finish up here. Did you did you pick up a book or something, Jim? No, I've just uh, I, I've I've never finished one of his books. But, I mean, they're that must good. be good reads. Yep. You know, they, I, a lot about money, and I'm like, well, I don't do that. I don't do that, and I don't do that. So Dave Ramsey, you know, just to touch on that, and actually, he's part of my final thoughts today. Actually, so he's got a couple podcasts, a radio show, actually. He's got a podcast called Entree Leadership. He's a leader that I respect and follow. But he also has a book called Financial Peace University. So if you're having trouble managing your money or something like that, I'd suggest picking up the book. He's got some strategies and techniques to help you get out of debt. So yeah, Wow, did, did he pay you for that little plug? That's kind of <laughs> awesome. No, a lot of people can use that, Jim. Yeah, I, I could probably read it again. Were you going to say something else, Jim? Uh, no, he just not yet got a lot of good quotes i mean even if you just it's not even if you put the quotes together right the tips are so good you're like oh absolutely oh, yeah absolutely i know we're winding down to the end of there i, I want to bump back to your uh piece you had several bullet points here jam on in the section where we were talking about what's earned and what's given yeah and uh you know we mentioned medical benefits were given and that was it that you don't have to earn them and i guess i want to bring out there and raise a little piece of information that really we don't talk about enough when you say any employee here, we provide you with medical insurance. It's free to you. And I guess I want to divulge some of the costs there, whether everyone knows this or not. But we pay over $500,000 a year for every employee that works here that has medical insurance. And every year, the raises are insane. When the, new, when the renewals come out, the insurance company comes to us and says, this, this woman shows up that we do it. She's like, oh, great news. It's only an 18% increase this year. And I'm like, okay, why don't we translate that into money? Not 18% because 18% is like, well, that sounds like a lot. But then you sit down and you do the math. And this year we went to over $500,000 to a $727,000 quote. Man. So almost $150,000 increase for health benefits that... JFW pays for free. That's insane. And I, I guess those are some costs that it's astronomical. I mean, if we could take that off the books and spread it across the payroll and just give everyone a raise, it's a win-win, <laughs> right. right? I mean, that's a pretty good chunk of money to, to lay out there. And I guess, you know, we have it. We offer it. That's what makes us a better company as far as in the long run, right? We're looking down the road. We're not looking at today, I need health insurance. Well, 
you may not need it today, but you know, what if next weekend you're hiking somewhere and you break your hip or you fall off a cliff and you're laid up for 30 days or something like that. And you have a $300,000 medical bill and you were flight for life out of the park or something like that. Guess what? You have insurance and it didn't cost you a thing. You may have some deductibles to pay, but in the big scheme of things, I mean, it just, the numbers are astronomical how they add up. So I guess I wanted to put that out there that we provide that. That's no cost to you. If you add your spouse or your family, we would love to pay for that, but it's just not in the budget. You know, that's kind of one of those things, I guess, here we're providing this to you for free. Hopefully you can afford the rest to pick up your spouse or family or whatnot, you know? Right. I hate to say it, it seems like such a racket, the, the health insurance thing. Like, I could just picture a small business not being able to grow because they can't provide that to their employees, and their employees are going to go down the road somewhere else. But those are that that's a lot of money. And just to be clear, when we say free, it is a dollar a day to the employee. So seven bucks a paycheck, it's practically free. Yeah. Yeah, Jamie. we'll trade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, and, and it is a, a scam. Well, it's not a scam. You still have insurance, but like you're saying, Jim, it's a racket. Like it, his it, word it, is perfect. Yeah, it's a racket. We can't go to our customer. We couldn't go to Brandon and go, "Hey guys, don't worry. Eighteen percent increase next year." Right. No, but these guys do because you have to have medical insurance or you have to have care, and that's what's not fair about it. That's the right. racket part. Yeah, you what, gotta have. Well, it. the real racket part that drives us crazy, Jim. We have to sign with an agent. Then we can only get quotes from that agent, mm. right? So if we want, I don't know, Kaiser or whatever insurance is out there. I can't even, I don't even know what we have yeah, right Cigna. now. Cigna. Right. Cigna, yeah. all of those. If we want a quote, we can only get a quote from that insurance through our agent. Mm. And in order to switch agents, we would have to drop that agent, go to another agent, then we can only get quotes from that agent on what that agent sells. So it's not like when you go buy a car. If I want to go buy a Volkswagen, I can check a price at 100 dealerships here in Colorado or 5,000 dealerships throughout the United States. I find the cheapest Volkswagen because they're all the same. I buy that Volkswagen, right? Right. You can't do that with health insurance because it's a freaking racket. Right. I mean, it. I mean, my blood pressure goes through the roof when the insurance <laughs> agents come up. I mean, you can tell you've tell struck a nerve with really me, feel, right? Dave. It, it is a racket. I mean, I love that word. He needs some blood pressure medicine right now. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it just, it just, it's infuriating yeah. to deal with and go through. And what's hard for us is we could just go, oh, yeah, we just, whatever the cheapest insurance is, let's just get it and go with it. Well, we all use it. It's it's for our family as well as yours. We, we don't want baseline insurance. We want the best insurance we can afford and you can afford, and we have to take all these factors in. It's not just like you go, oh, red light, green light, I have to stop or I have to go. It's not that simple of decision. You you have to go through and weigh every ounce of it. You know, it's it's such a racket. Some of the insurance companies provide you with a discount, or they look at you and go, you know what? We're sending you a guarantee. The latest thing now is to stay with them for longer than a year. They guarantee, like this one quote we have, they won't raise our rates over 8% next year. Woohoo! Holy sh... Yeah. It's ridiculous. What a great deal. You're not going to raise our rates over 8% next year. You know, and, and yeah. Oh, my God, it's, Jam. It's you, frustrating. You sparked a, yeah. a little fire, man. Because the one you... agent showed up, brought someone from the healthcare company we were looking at. Well, I want to say it, Cigna. Yeah. Guy, guy from Cigna came out. 
Right. Yeah. And, he, and to give us a quote. So go and ahead. And we were working them over pretty hard, just like this conversation, because we're passionate about it. It right. pisses us off because guess what? You're right. That word you used is perfect. It's a racket. So this guy sits here and he goes, well, because uh, you've had a lot of use and so many people, we lost money, you know, and even this quote, we're going to lose money next year as well. But I guess it's not my business. You know, Cigna will just lose money on your account again next year. So sitting right there while he was on the in the meeting with us, I pulled out my phone and I looked up Cigna. And just for the quarter, they had like a $2 billion profit. Huh. I'm like, dude, a racket? Oh my God, you guys are screwing the American public. Right. <laughs> There's a plug for Cigna. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was pissed about the trailers. But <laughs> wow. Guys, uh, we got to get to the uh, high road hauler. Dave has an interview in five minutes and he doesn't want to be late for that and we don't want him to be late. So. Dave, you want to hit us with the high road hauler? Let let brother Dave's blood, blood pressure come down a little bit. <laughs> this, this, this will, uh, I'm having to breathe and calm uh, down. <laughs> kind of give you a little perspective on everyday life. Um, you are your lens when you're when you're looking at the world, when you're you're perceiving what's going on, when you're reading in the news or whatever. You are the lens that you're looking through. Uh, you are who determines the way you see everything. You cannot separate your identity from your perspective. All that you are and every experience that you've had color how you see things. It's your lens. And here's what I mean. A traveler nearing a great city asked an old man seated by the road, what are people like in this city? And the old man looks at the guy and says, what, what, do you, what are they like from where you come from? Horrible, the traveler reported mean, untrustworthy, detestable in all respects. Ah, said the old man, you will find them the same in the city ahead. Scarcely had the first traveler gone on his way when another one stopped to inquire about the people in the city before him. Ah, said the old man, you will find them the same in the city ahead. Scarcely had the first traveler gone on his way when another one stopped to inquire about the people in the city before him. Again, the old man asked about the people in the place the traveler had just left. They were fine people, honest, industrious, and generous to a fault, declared the second traveler. I was sorry to leave. The old man responded, that's exactly how you'll find the people here. The way the people see others is a reflection of themselves. If I am a trusting person, I will see others as trustworthy. If I am a critical person, I will see others as critical. If I am a caring person, I will see others as compassionate. If you change yourself and you become the person you desire to be, you will begin to view others in a whole new light. And that will change the way you interact with all of your relationships. The mindset you create within yourself depends very much on your self-esteem, self-image, outlook on life, and positivity. Positive self-esteem can help create better relationships and allow people to face life with more confidence and optimism. It increases the capacity to treat and see others with respect, goodwill, and kindness. And the quote this week, for beautiful eyes, look for the good in others. For beautiful lips, speak only words of kindness. And for poise, walk with the knowledge that you are never alone. By Audrey Hepburn. Ooh, I like that. Nice, piece. Dave. That's a good one, Dave. They're always good, but I really like that one. Uh, Soup, you have any final thoughts before you go? You got to go before the rest of us, so. I mean, we're um, almost done here, but yeah. I mean, I'd like to to just leave it with everybody. When you when you're faced with a choice of how you're going to look at things, 
you can see him in a negative light or a positive light. And sometimes it's that second thought that says, well, wait a minute, you know, I better not be on the low road like we like to say around here. Stay on that high road. Think about things in that positive light. What I like is when uh, one of us do start jumping down on that low road, somebody else picks us back up. A good point, Jam. The, that's why it's great to have teammates, yep. you know. It, it, we run into that a lot. Thank yep. you for, for pointing that out. Yep. What about final thoughts for you guys? Uh, Jam, what, what do you mean by final thoughts? What, what's, your, what's your description of a final thought? Like leaving the earth? <laughs> like my leave, final thought like, like leaving a Cigna meeting no uh, what I mean by final thoughts is just something that you want to leave the fleet with something that you know we're wrapping up the podcast and just something on your mind that you want the rest of the uh, JFW to know okay okay yeah. I, I like that because I I try to <laughs> I try to bring a quote you know I've, I've said right. a couple quotes and I guess I wrote, I have a Dave Ramsey quote, honestly, you guys, since we've talked so much about him. I looked one up, which I, I really enjoy. But I guess my final thought is I've had a, or I've heard, let's do say it that way. Um, if your truck is making noise when you step on the brakes, when the, when the, when the truck screams at you, when the... Uh-oh. <laughs> when the when this is not what I meant by final thought. I, I know that, Jam. That's what I was like. It, you know, if your if your truck is making noise when you step on the brakes, and I mean the brakes are making noise, they're screaming, they're making some god awful racket. Th- the way they got that way is you weren't being the best driver you could be, and that's my that's my thought. If you've done that to the truck. At some point, you weren't the best driver you could be. A truck should never make noise when you step on the brakes. We've given you guys all the tools. Disc brakes, and, and I've actually heard a truck with all disc brakes make noise, you guys, which I thought was impossible because of the braking ability of the, of the uh, disc brakes. But the Jake brakes on the newer trucks. So my final thought or what I'd like to leave you with is if your truck is making noise from the brakes when you step on them, just realize that at some point you weren't the best driver you could be and you can be a better driver by not driving that truck that way, using the tools that are in that truck and that you are capable of using to not let that happen. So just as a driver tip and a final thought, you can be better. Please be better. I just have to define that right quick, (laughs) just so it's not so vague. That means at one point you've gotten the brakes extremely hot by either going too fast downhill, not using your engine brakes, but you have gotten the brakes too hot. The discs are now glazed. The pads are now glazed. Now they squeal and make a god-awful noise. And and That's how that happened. Yeah, just so, and what he's talking about, you guys, it's not, oh shit, the light changed on me and you smashed the brakes one time and you had to get stopped. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about hot for a long time. They do not get the way he's talking without being glazed, right, Dave? Yeah, you you can run Highway 85 all day long and stop light to light to light as hard as you have to, light after light. You're not going to overheat those brakes. They're going to get warm. They may even get stinky. But no, this is caused from coming down the hill, coming down an excessive grade at an excessive high speed using nothing but your brakes, which... Number one, with our engine brakes, should never happen. 
the whole goal in coming down a hill in control, under control, is by not using your foot brake. You come down with the engine brake. That's what it's designed for. But that's the end goal. That's the long game. That's for drivers that are going to drive for the long game, right? They don't want their truck broke down. They don't want to have their truck be in the shop for days having brakes put on it, right? That's for guys who are thinking the long game. The ones who are in it for the short game, I got to make money today and I got to drive as hard as I can. The ones who come in exhausted, yeah, that's they're running today's game, not the long game. Hey, and not to get way off, but you have a good driver, a great driver, somebody with experience. When he hears your truck do that, he knows what you've done. And he thinks you're probably an idiot. <laughs> Less than excellent. Good final thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys, if I ruined that. <laughs> Dave, what? Were you piggybacking on that? Oh, or? man, I, yeah. <laughs> Again, he's opened Pandora's box. We could talk about this stuff for hours. Hours. It would just go on and on and on. And I wanted to people mention, don't want to hear that. I wanted to mention, though, your arms dealer couldn't get Pandora's box open. <laughs> oh man oh he could only hold it with one hand and couldn't reach it with the other yeah, yeah. i still yep. don't know how they eat but anyway uh yeah final thoughts just take care of yourselves everybody it's we have long lives we have to live and uh not, not that we have to live but yeah we live long lives right. so take care of yourself i guess that's that's my final thought enjoy slow up pay attention to things look around you there's a lot more going on in the world than just your load and what you're doing and what you got to get done today. Awesome. Getting back to T-Rex. <laughs> my my final thought is so I was listening to uh, the Entree Leadership Podcast the other day. It was an old episode. I just remember seeing it out of the corner of my eye. And I had to look back and find it. And he had, uh, I forget the guy's name, but he's the owner of T-Rex Arms. And that was uh, mm. a holster company he started when he was 20 or 21 years old. He's the CEO of the company. He has like 70 employees, right? But he started off with a couple single guys. And the interviewer asked him, when when did this like really become real? Like when did you start feeling the pressure of being a young CEO and, you know, having to, you know, make decisions and hire people? And he says, you know, at the beginning, it wasn't that bad because I knew everybody was single. I had like two or three guys working for me. I knew they were single. And if things didn't work out here, they could go to McDonald's and get a job. He's like, but when I uh, when I hired my first dad, things became a reality. Like, holy cow, my business is pro- providing for fathers and families and stuff like that. And that just makes me think of JFW. I'm not sure the exact count. We're either sitting at 100, somewhere around 136 to 140 employees right now. You know, if you multiply that by the members of the family, I wouldn't be surprised if we feed, you know, somewhere in the amount of 300 to 350 people, you know, through, oh, through, J- sure, through JFW. And that's big. So when you guys are out there thinking about this company and who we are and what we do and, you know, wanting to be the best and giving our very best, think about think about your co-drivers. Think about your co-workers, the shop, the, the wash bay, the office people. JFW provides for a lot of people. And, you know, that, that's a big thing. That gets me a little choked up to think about. So... That's my final thought. Thank you, Jim. Yep. All right, man. See you, everybody. Bye, everybody.